0: Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman and Andy Graham is back uh, for more. We are previewing uh, the 2022 Big Ten Media Days, uh, focusing on IU. Uh, if you have not uh, seen the schedule, Big Ten Media Days starts tomorrow. Or uh, yeah, tomorrow, j- July 26th. Um, IU specific. Uh, Tom Allen will go at noon. Uh, I believe it's all covered on on BTN uh, and maybe even ESPN. Uh, but Tom Allen goes at noon from the main podium press conference uh, with Commissioner Warren starts at ten fifteen a.m. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talk about expansion uh, and things like that. But we're going to focus on IU today, uh, and then IU is also sending Cam Jones. A.J. Barner and Tywin Mullen as their student representatives. They'll be at the po- at side podiums, not televised, side podiums um, at starting at 145, 245. And then uh, again, the side session with Coach Allen. I know BTN pulls students as well um, during that. So. Check out uh, Big Ten Network. They'll, they'll have you covered there as well. We'll have um, a man on the ground in Zion Brown. He's uh, our, one of our freelance students over at the IU Media School. So thank you to him. Thank you, to Dr. Galen Clavio, uh, for hooking us up, up with him. And he'll be our, our boots on the ground there. But, Andy, I wanted to ask you first, going into a, a media day's it's, I, I call it talking season. What was your, you know, mindset going into a Big Ten media days, especially ahead of an important IU football season?
2: Well, to be honest, it was to avoid uh, the stock answers uh, as much as possible. I mean, people are going to talk about how hard they worked in the offseason and how good the newcomers look and, and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I wanted to get to more specific things about, you know, uh, Indiana, but most especially look for good stories, look for good personal interest stories. Um, after I did <laughs> a number of media days over the years, uh, my 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 impression was that you basically heard the same kind of stuff every year. So what you tried to do was to move beyond that and and. Really, you know, find out who AJ Barner was as a, as a person, you know, and and maybe there's a good sort of story that Cam Jones can tell you uh, that that you know about in his background. And so I, I looked for things like that. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 main thing from an from an Indiana point of view this time is a little bit tied into those stock answers because. The the guys are going to be talking about, you know, how hard the, 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 they've worked in the offseason and how hungry they are and excited they are about the season uh, upcoming. But I think, especially in Indiana's case, that's really actually a topic that I would want to visit this year is, is is what what did the pain of last year do to the team? How hungry is the team coming in this year and Indiana is back to that position where. Um, nobody's going to be believing in them. Nobody's going to have any expectations. They're going to be picked near there and near at the bottom of the of the Big Ten East. Um, and how do the players? What do they think about that? After having gone like fourteen and five in regular season play, the two previous campaigns last year, obviously was an abject disaster. And so that 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 is something that you know specific to this season. That has to be discussed, and hopefully the players will be willing to do so, and hopefully Tom will be also.
1: Uh, TJ, what would you if if you had the microphone at Big Ten Media Days? What what's you know your one or two top questions going in?
0: Well, I, I think Andy certainly should be deferred to on that, as you know, a professional in that regard, and I think he's one hundred percent right. That the stock answers you hear that from every program every single big 10 media days uh, your goal really as a fan or as a person asking the questions is to kind of read between the lines on what you can and kind of look at okay what are they not talking about and how can i get them to talk about those things um for me i think that andy's question about what did last year just the kind of the shock of coming off the high of going to a bowl game and, and really having a top 25 ranking and national attention for the first time in and, and a long time, the shock of going from that to a complete and total failure of a season, uh, how do you bounce back from that and what during the offseason specific steps were taken uh, to get to that? And I, I would ask of Andy here, when you look at the players that are chosen to represent Indiana at media day, what do the specific choices for this year tell you about those players? And I, the main guy that jumps out to me is AJ Barner. What does his inclusion as a representative at media day for IU, uh, what does that tell you about AJ Barner and possibly his upcoming role on this team Uh, kind of, through your eyes and and what you think through the eyes of the coaching staff, him being
2: chosen it says. Well, yeah, it's an interesting question, TJ. I I think that uh, um, it doesn't necessarily augur. Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily portend that uh, Walt Bell is going to be using the tight end all the time. You know, it's it, we could we could read between the lines and maybe try and, and guess a little bit about uh, Walt Bell's approach to offense, but. You know as well as I do, when those questions get asked tomorrow, you're not going to get a lot of revealing answers because, frankly, Indiana doesn't want Illinois to know what kind of approach Wall Bill's going to have to offense. Uh, so there's, yep. they're going to be they're going to be guarded in terms of what they say about that. Um, but you know, perhaps AJ himself might be willing to talk a little bit about his role, and if he is, that will be very interesting. His, the The main takeaway I had from his inclusion is just a result of what I've heard from staff people just talking about AJ Barner. They think he's an NFL guy. They, they, they I don't want to put too much pressure on the kid, but you know, they, they think he's potentially a guy that's going to play on Sundays. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that to me is uh, an interesting thing. Plus, um, you know, you're taking three players. Um, you, you don't want to take both of the quarterbacks who are vying for the quarterback position I I think that you don't want to just take one of them uh and 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 indicate which guy is going to win that that job because I I don't think they know who's going to win that job yet so uh most times and a lot of the times you're going to take a quarterback up to media days but not this year and so the fact that A.J. Barner is the lone representative of the offense is both a a credit to what how highly they think of A.J. Barner but also I think a little bit of we're not going to talk a lot about offense or what we're going to be doing on offense or who's going to be the quarterback at the at the media days.
1: They've done it before where they haven't um, sent the quarterback. I think 2019 um, might have been the last time I, with Peyton Ramsey and Michael Penricks. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I think fans kind of get caught up in it. Oh, they don't have a quarterback or – they don't have a starting quarterback or, you know, they haven't made a decision yet, which is true this time. I don't think they've made a decision.
2: Uh, well, one thing that's interesting is I think, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Indiana plays both guys and, and, and kind of run rides the hot hand, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I think they're, they're interesting. They have different strengths. Uh, and we could talk more about that and then we probably should, but um, I I'm, I would don't be overly surprised. And people say, well, if you if you're playing two quarterbacks, I mean, you have that means you have no quarterback. I don't necessarily think that's true. And I think we've seen we've seen in recent years with Indiana that 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 isn't necessarily true. You know, no, and you have seen with
1: uh, with some you know LSU won a national title with two quarterbacks in two thousand and seven. Uh, you saw Florida uh-huh. win with two quarterbacks in two thousand six. Uh, there there are a lot of um, teams who have done it, you know, the you know they've done it with with two quarterbacks and, and have tried to go go forward like that, uh, and,
2: I, and maybe I even and, and, and maybe even three because uh, we we have a kid who's now playing wide receiver who uh, you know has a quarterback background and I wouldn't be surprised if you know he has a package for him you know to come in and play a little quarterback on the fly. I mean, you know, think about this. You know, you've got a you've got a wide receiver now, as so he was a former quarterback. Uh so you put Donovan out wide, but then he can switch back into the backfield while he's out there, and that doesn't give the defense a chance to substitute. You know, I, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying my mind thinks about that. And yeah, you know, sure, we would obviously all love to see one quarterback emerge as a dominant force and so great that. He's just going to play every snap. I'm not sure that's going to be the case here, uh, but that doesn't mean the guys that we do play aren't capable and aren't uh, aren't going to give us some interesting options in regard to how the offense plays.
1: Yeah, and I think you know one of the the knocks I had on on Nick Sheridan and and, and maybe a little bit on Tom Allen in the past is you know getting some garbage time reps for for their quarterback. We saw Tuttle play uh you know in, in blowout games but he was mainly handing the ball off and i think that came back and haunted the, to haunt them in you know uh, you can't take the ball game for example cuz he was throwing with one arm but
2: um <laughs> well the army he was thrown with was was had a separate shoulder so that, yeah, that yes fine. he was <laughs> he 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 had, he had one good arm but that wasn't his throwing arm so.
1: <laughs> yeah so but it, it was like you know you saw you saw him against Idaho, you saw him a little against Iowa and things like that, but he Mm -hmm. was mainly handing the ball off. He threw the ball, you know, at the one big big play to AJ Barner, but then, you know, Penix gets hurt and and that it happens. Quarterbacks get hurt in this league, especially, you know, in the big 10, when you're playing really, really good defenses week in and week out. Um, Yeah. And he just just didn't look ready sometimes.
2: Well, no, he didn't. And Jack had to play hurt too. I mean, Jack, yeah. Jack was playing hurt. So it's like, uh, you know, the only, I've, I've said this before and I, I I could be wrong about this, but I don't think so. The, the only window in which we've seen uh, Jack be fully prepared to step on the field, fully healthy and, and ready to go was when he came in for uh, Mike Penix, when, when Mike injured his knee against Maryland. And then the next week he played at Wisconsin and that's pretty much it that that's really about the only time during jack's career here where he's been totally healthy and ready to go and had a chance to play so uh you know for me that snapshot is actually pretty encouraging you know i think he played well in that context but i i don't know uh if that's the real jack tuttle or not you know but we're liable to find out here um and Obviously, Connor Bazelak's a kid. If we're just going to talk quarterbacks real quickly, might as well. We're on the topic. Um, you know, he threw for 5,000 yards plus at, at Missouri already. He's very experienced. Uh, Co-SEC freshman of the year. Um, and, you know, hasn't been in the locker room at IU as long. I mean, uh, you know, you look at the leadership component. Uh, the guys know Jack well by now, and, and they don't know Basilac as well. Um, but, um It's just gonna be fascinating. I I, I think they both bring different things to the table. And we saw on video over the weekend that Basilek can bring three point shooting to the table, but that's that's the wrong sport. But (laughs) in any case he
1: might be the best three-point shooter on campus.
2: I I mean, what was it like seven in a row or something like that on the video? Looked pretty doggone good.
1: I think Um, he hit he hit ten in like twenty-seven seconds
2: it just kind of reminded me like, uh, you know, these guys are different level athletes. <laughs> I mean, uh, all of these guys were stars in high school and I'm, I'm sure Basilek was the star basketball player in high school. And I'm sure Tuttle was a multi-sport athlete too because most of them are. But uh, uh, that, how that shakes out is going to be really interesting. And uh, as I said, yeah, sure. We, we would all prefer for one guy to take the reins and and just be the kind of dominant force back there. And that might happen. I mean, I, I'm not saying it won't, but I'm also saying I, I, I think we can see both guys.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the Wisconsin game. Um, you know, that's an example. Yes, Indiana won that game. Jack Tuttle played very well. But I still don't think that that really shows us what Jack Tuttle may or may not be capable of because of the context of that game. Um, yeah. That was a, a game where you're on the road. Indiana knew Wisconsin's offense was not going to be able to move the ball against IU's defense. That was a really bad Wisconsin offense. And, And Tom Allen knew that and approached that game with the proper game plan of, we are going to play extremely conservatively. We are not going to beat ourselves. We're not going to take any risks whatsoever. And we believe that if we do that and execute this game plan, we will have a chance to win in the fourth quarter. That's what they did. That came out on top. Uh, But, you know, I I don't think that that really illustrates what Jack Tuttle might or might not be capable of outside of if given a game plan and he's healthy, he's able to execute that, which is a a very positive quality. Um, But it it still really didn't show us whether or not he was capable of leading a high powered offense. So I, I, I mean, he really is a mystery man despite being on campus for a number of years. Um, and having snapshots of action, still somebody that we don't really know what he's capable of. Yeah, I think, that, um, I it, think,
2: that's, yeah, I think that's valid. I, I would push back a little yeah. bit and say, say that uh, in that game, for example, uh, the, uh, the, just, just to name a couple of plays, uh, one was the uh, under pressure, kind of off the back foot, Exquisitely thrown pass for a touchdown, to Wap across. And and that, that's like like next level talent and touch on the ball there. And then the the bomb that got dropped. uh, You know that was a that was a great great call at the right time. And Tuttle aired it out perfectly. You know it was like he put a little air under it uh, just to make sure that that it wasn't going to be a stretch to catch. Uh, And then of course it got dropped, but. I, I really like what I saw there in terms of actual capacity as a quarterback. I saw enough yeah, arm absolutely. strength. I, I, yeah. I, saw, I saw enough arm strength. I also saw enough touch that makes me think, yeah, he can make yep. the kind of throws that you need to make. But you're right. You're absolutely right in the sense that it's an extremely small sample size. And, and we really don't know what a fully healthy, ready to go in command of the offense, stays healthy kind of quarterback, Jack Tuttle would be because we haven't seen that yet. And That's don't right. forget yeah, that, and that the Miles that for,
0: Marshall. For good or bad. You know? Yeah. For good, or
2: good or bad.
1: Yep. I mean, yep. My, if Miles Marshall catches the wide open pass, it's a, you know, stats, the, the stat sheet says a totally different thing. And I think people mm-hmm. are a little bit yep. higher on Jack Tuttle because that was, there wasn't anybody around him for a, a mile.
2: <laughs> it was like, yeah, obviously I feel for Miles what Miles was a decent player for us here. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna uh, uh you know hammer him or anything like that. I I, I wish him the best and you know in his new vistas out there. But uh yeah, that could happen to anybody, even, even a great wide receiver occasionally has a drop like that. But yeah, it did it did impact what Tuttle's final numbers looked like. You know, he, he would have been well over 200 yards passing i think if that pass gets caught well, it was like a 55 yard pass something like that would have been right Yep, yeah, something, something like, that. like that so you know i mean and 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 you know his completion percentage was good but that would have bumped the yardage up and would have given him another touchdown pass in the game and yeah i think people would look at the stat sheet a little differently but
1: i moving yeah, so, on from oh go ahead tj
0: yeah, it, the you know on the topic of Big Ten Media Days, Andy, is there anybody at Big Ten Media Day that you are IU or otherwise just in the conference? Anybody that you're interested in hearing from? What they actually have to say. Um, I think most of the time everything gets glossed over, and one or two guys say something actually interesting that gets you know dissected for the next month before games start um, on ESPN and wherever else college football's talked about. So is there anybody at big 10 media day that you're interested in hearing what he has to say?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I'll be interested to hear what commissioner Warren says about expansion. Uh, I, I mean, I think that, uh, he might, he might be cagey and might give us a bunch of gobbledygook, but that, that's a fascinating mm-hmm. topic right now. Um, and then, yeah, I'm going to, as much as I uh, otherwise wouldn't really care very much, I want to hear what Brad Bielma has to say. You know, I'm going to the, I'm gonna listen to the Illinois guys because that game is so important. And uh, I want to, in fact, uh, I stumbled across the Illinois spring game on Big Ten Network last night and watched some of it because, yeah, we're getting to that point. You know, September 2nd is coming up pretty quickly now. So, yeah, I want to hear what Illinois has to say.
1: Going on on the expansion, Andy, um, I know we talked about this a, a little bit before. Uh, where, where do you think it goes? Are, is everybody just sitting pat waiting for for Notre Dame to, to make a decision?
2: Yep. I think that's what's happening right now. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not privy to the uh, backroom discussions here at all. I, so this is all speculative on my part. But uh, I do think there is going to be further expansion at some juncture. It might not happen now. It might not happen this year. It might not happen next year. But I do think it's going to happen. I think, you know, we're going to end up with like three mega conferences uh, eventually. I think eventually the the what we have called the Power Five football uh, uh, folks are going to distance themselves and probably divorce themselves from NCAA, uh, from the NCAA. I think uh, that's gonna happen at some point. I think the football folks are gonna run their own show. They'll have their own rules about, uh, you know, NIL and transfers and everything else. uh, Because I I think there's been a a erosion of of faith in the NCAA to be able to successfully regulate it. Um, And now, I mean, that doesn't necessarily uh, uh, mean the NCAA is gonna go away either. I mean. I would I would expect the NCAA to continue to to administer the NCAA basketball tournament for example, tournaments which are you know which it does very well the, the NCAA conducts championships really well the NCAA does it very well the the, the problem has been uh, they haven't uh, been proactive in terms of giving athletes a bigger piece of the pie uh, financially they, they they haven't been proactive in terms of uh, enforcing the rules that that they have, uh, mostly because they've lost in court so often in the last couple of decades, so I, it's just a fascinating topic. I mean, I, if if I were the Big Ten, I think I would want to go. I wouldn't want to secure the West Coast, not just UCLA and, and USC, as great as that is for the Big Ten. And I do think it's a it's a net positive, without doubt. Uh, I'd probably want to divide uh, the league a 20 team league, let's say, into you know, eastern and western sections. It'd be a truly a, a, na- a nationwide league from sea to shining Sea. but I would give the western teams more uh, traditional rivals to play. So I don't, I don't know if you, you know, if you want to look at uh, you want to secure the Bay Area and bring in Stanford and Cal, whether you want to get Phil Knights money and then the city of Seattle and bring in Oregon and Washington. Uh, I don't, that's, but I'd be looking at that, uh, partially depending upon what Notre Dame does or doesn't do. Uh, then if you're, if you're the SEC, I think the obvious course forward is to look at the football powers on your doorstep in the ACC, such as Clemson and Florida State, Miami, schools like that. Uh, North Carolina is going to be an interesting school to see what happens there. If the ACC remains intact, all of this is by the boards. But if the ACC is kind of divided up, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what North Carolina does. Because um, one thing I think, um, and this is, I, I heard an ESPN analyst, you know, uh, uh, called the, call, call the Big Ten, uh, uh, you know, arrogant or, or smug, you uh, about its academic credentials um and that's that that may be true but it also may be deserved and if you look at the schools the big 10 is is has taken in in southern california and ucla both of which are elite uh research institutions and 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 then you're looking at schools maybe such as stanford and cal same kind of deal um, it tells me that the big 10 is still interested in student-athlete component of things that's and that's something i really like i mean uh the 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 whole idea of, of amateurism has been a myth for a long time you know this this the student athletes have been well compensated via uh you know scholarships for a long time and they they get they get direct value for for the effort they put in and i think they're going to get more rewarded you know in in future uh but you know, so they haven't been amateurs technically for a long time. However, they, they've been student athletes. And I think what we've seen from the big 10 expansion, and obviously Notre Dame would fit into this very much so as well. Uh, I think that the academic component is very strong in the big 10. And I think that will, uh, continue when they look to expand further. Sorry, that's a long winded answer, but it's, it's an interesting topic. And, uh, uh I think that, um, you know, right now, Indiana graduates ninety-two percent of its athletes, which is a, a a nice number. It's a it's a healthy number, and I think the Big Ten is determined to continue in that direction.
1: With with the season so so far away, Andy, um, you know, outside outside of the quarterback battle, um, outside of getting ready for for Illinois, what what's the one thing? Um, or one, what's one thing that you that IU needs to do well um, or focus on in fall camp uh, to to be successful in, in 2022?
2: Well, yeah, I, you know, I always come back to offensive line play. That's kind of where I'm at uh, as a football fan mm-hmm. and somebody who tries to analyze the game at least a little bit. <laughs> who's not a coach, but if, uh, I'm, not how, I'm not sure how qualified I am to analyze it. But I, I, to me, it's always made perfect sense to really focus on the offensive line. And, and I'm going to be interested in, in seeing if Indiana can come up with some kind of running game uh, to take a little heat off of the quarterbacks to, to, to give themselves a foundation. I think my, my guess is, looking at Walt Bell's background, he wants to do that. I think Tom Allen wants to do that. And I'll be yep. curious to see whether or not they can do that. Uh, how about you, TJ? What do you think about that?
0: Well, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's almost a easy joke at this point. Like everything comes back to the offensive line. And it's 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 so funny because it, it's 100% true. I mean, it really – it's not true to say it absolutely doesn't matter who – does anything else if the offensive line stinks it won't matter that's not true i mean it's going to matter somewhat um you know who's the quarterback and what kind of performance the running backs give and all that but the ceiling is absolutely capped at average to subpar if the offensive line continues to struggle and i think that what walt bell who we have read and heard incredibly involved in the offensive line. Um, Mm. I think it's, it's very clear, you know, it's not just obvious to us. It's very clear to the coaching staff and Tom Allen and the Walt bell. It has to change and it has to change immediately beginning with the season opener. Uh, So what I'm really interested in seeing is what schematic changes does Walt bell make with the offensive line to uh, accentuate their strengths as opposed to continuing to do the same thing and just hope they get better. Um, yeah, I, there's, yeah, I, I, there's, the, yeah there's strength training and, and we'll, we will, I'm sure here at big 10 media days about how guys are in the best shapes of their lives and transform their bodies. And, right exactly. Um uh, <laughs> you know, which begs the question, well, what exactly were you doing before last season? But, you know, um, it's we're going to hear all that stuff. Every program is going to say that what Indiana is faced with is you have offensive linemen that according to recruiting rankings were pretty well regarded, Mm -hmm. especially the younger classes, you know, so Mm -hmm. you could have personnel changes there that help make the offensive line level raise up a Mm -hmm. notch or two just by way of increased talents on the depth chart. However, where I think you could really see a jump up is if Walt Bell can figure out, okay, this is what these guys do well. Maybe it's, mm-hmm. hey, they move well to the outside. Maybe it's, mm-hmm. oh, actually, mm-hmm. uh, if we can figure out a way to, uh, instead of kind of the zone blocking schemes that we saw a year ago, if we can figure out a way to um, – A different way to open up holes, whether that's man blocking, whether that is different stunts up front. Um, I don't know. I'm not an offensive line expert, but I know there's a lot of different ways to play offensive line. And there's a lot of different ways in which you as an offensive coordinator can line your players up in formations, whether that's pre-snap movement, um, different personnel on the field, whatever. There's a lot of different ways to go about it. And I'm interested to see how does Walt Bell, with the full offseason, now knowing the personnel and what he has in place, how does he accentuate the positives of his offensive linemen to make them better just through coaching? Yeah, and agree. then it's totally. up to the offensive linemen to, to do it from there. I mean, you, you can only do so much as a coach, but there is some that he can do. And I don't think Nick Sheridan or Darren Hiller, attempted that enough i thought that it was kind of well here's what we got let's line it up and see if we're better this week and shockingly they weren't so <laughs> well yeah you know, it, i, I think yeah we're figuring let's, out let's, how to attack it you know yeah, let's
2: see let's see if these guys can pull let's see if they can trap block. let's see if they you know let, let's see what they can do i also think on the other side on the other side of the ball sammy uh, yeah. a big key for me is like do we have a pass rush are, 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 oh, yeah. yep. are we able to put pressure on a quarterback you know in lieu of a bunch of stunning I mean you know the guy who put the most pressure on the quarterback for us the last couple of years was Micah McFadden our our middle linebacker you know because of the way we would stunt him and he's gone and I and I and I don't know yet whether or not there's anybody on the front line in terms of newcomers or returning players who can really emerge as a pass rusher but that's really crucial too
1: well, I, I think a lot of it goes back to defensive play calling. Last year, like the difference between 2020 and 2021 with, with Charlton Warren was so night and day. It seemed like Warren just lined up and, and tried to just beat them one-on-one. There was no exotic packages mm-hmm. like they had in 2020. If they could get with Tom Allen taking over the defensive play calling, I think it's going to become a more aggressive defense again. and you know, yeah, you'd lose Micah McFadden, but you have some guys coming back at linebacker who are pretty good. You yeah. have Cam, jo- Cam Jones, you got Bradley Jennings, Miles ja- uh, Miles Jackson uh, coming back. You have J.H. Tevis on the defensive line who who's good at, at putting pressure up there. You've got the mm-hmm. two big defensive tackles coming in from Ole Miss, and if they could clog up the middle, it'll let your mm-hmm. athletes. Uh, a healthy Tylan Mullen, he was – destroying yep. quarterbacks for, for what is, what is he? 165 pounds soaking wet.
2: For yeah. Little, he, he, <laughs> he, yeah he, he, the way he timed his quarterback blitzes was really impressive.
1: Yeah. So it, it's, I think, you know, on paper the talent is better on defense on the defensive line and things like that. I think you upgraded there, but you know, I did, the biggest difference is going to be how aggressive Tom Allen's going to have this defense. And to me, him taking the defensive play calling. You know, a lot of people say, oh, how do you hire a defensive coordinator but not give him the defensive play calling duties? It's kind of a cheap-out move. I don't think so. I think Tom Allen knows how important it is, and I think he was real angry at how last year's defense went. And he said, you know what? If you want things done right, I'm going to do them myself. And I think he was yep. at that point in his career where, you know, Walt Bell's a former head coach really good offensive coordinator uh, at uh, previous stops. He, he knows how to run the offense. I, it's kind of like what Kevin Wilson did with Tom Allen on the defense. Uh-huh. You, you concentrate on your side of the ball. If there's any major issues, you come check with me. If not, let's go play ball. I got the defense and, and we're going to, you know, hopefully um, you know, raise hell out there and, and get some turnovers because well, it,
2: that, that you know, was I mean, the difference it, last year. Yeah, I agree totally with all of that. And, and I think another thing that comes to mind in regard to the offensive line is like Walt Bill's offense. We don't know what it's going to be. You know, we, we can speculate. Yep. We've heard some things or whatever, but let's say there are ways that you can help your offensive line in terms of your approach to offense. I mean, we see that up at Purdue with Jeff Brown. I mean, that ball gets out quickly they play fast and that helps i think their offensive line play at a successful level for them so there that's another thing that's kind of a wild card in regard to offensive line play is uh if indiana has a situation where their scheme is such that the ball gets out quickly well that helps the offensive line you know so so we'll see but that that's another thing that uh you know it's, it's like as dj was saying you, know, you, have, you have like new coaches and you, you get a handle on your personnel and you see what they can do and what, they, what they're what they not as good at doing. Uh, and then you adjust your approach accordingly. So hopefully we'll see some of that where the approach itself helps the offensive line play at, at a good level.
1: I, I 100% agree. Uh, again, we're getting ready for Big 10 uh, media days starts tomorrow um, on Big 10 network. Tom Allen will address the national media on the podium uh, at noon from 12 to 12 15, or right about then, uh, depending on how on schedule they stay. Uh, you have Big Ten Network covering it as well. They'll have a side sessions with Allen and the three players, Cam Jones, Tywin Mullen, and AJ Barner up there as well. Andy, thank you for joining us on, on the podcast again. We'll have you on again as the season gets closer leading up to that game against Illinois. TJ, always great to have you on the podcast as well as a co-host so thank you guys uh for Appreciate it very Nicole. much
2: yeah, and, really uh, enjoyed it
1: and we'll have uh, everything covered for big 10 media days tomorrow on twitter at hoosier underscore huddle we'll have our top five questions heading into media day uh posting later this afternoon as well so thank you guys uh, and keep coming back to hoosierhuddle.com there
0: are some things that are too good to keep a secret